Cahan is supported in part by Hilltop Broadband. Hilltop Broadband for residential and business wireless internet service. Servicing Salida and Poncha Springs in Chaffee County, as well as areas in Fremont County, Custer County, and more. To experience the Hilltop difference and request new customer information, email info at hilltop-broadband.com or call toll-free 877-783-2889. Cahan is sponsored in part by Soulcraft Brewing, Salida's hometown brewery offering a large selection of traditional and seasonal craft beers. Their spacious patio features cozy fire pit tables for outdoor warmth on chilly days. Fresh food is served daily at the Soul Shack food truck, featuring snacks like wings and pretzels, and full meals like sandwiches, burgers, and a delicious brunch on Sunday. Soulcraft is open daily for happy hour, lunch, and dinner. Welcome, friends, to another session of On the Rails here at KHEN 106.9 on your FM dial or anytime by podcast or on iTunes. You can just tune in and people who get us on iTunes say that it's very crystal clear. Nice. But uh, On the Rails, your railroad show here on on KHEN and uh, our engineer, Rick White is the he's pulling this train, so I'm just sitting back here with with, my, with our special guest in the caboose, keeping a little bit warm. We've got a little coal fire going back here in the stove, and it's a nice day for a train ride. You know, it's kind of a thank you for that intro, uh, Forrest. Yeah. It, it's kind of I'm going to be moving a little slow today. We've got some snow on the ground. It's cold. Glad you're warm back there with Mr. Alan Lane. He's been a guest before, and uh, thank you for coming back, Alan. And uh, as Forrest says, it's KHEN 106.9, but more importantly, we are KHEN.org. And that's where you can find Forrest's shows under podcasts. He's a pretty big deal in this town. And uh, anyway, hey, we are looking for some more railroad stories from our listeners. And if you have any railroad story you'd like to share with us, send us an email at info at khen.org. Forrest, thank you very much. Thank you, Rick. Having an engineer like Rick White, that means this train, it's never going to, it's never going to exceed any speed limits. <laughs> It's going to roll right along, roll right along. He does well, obey those signals. <laughs> yes, he does. Well, this is kind of a special show in a way because uh, I just w- went to the Colorado meeting and uh, they are urging us to get some shows like this out so that people will understand the process we're involved in. Here's the, sort of the big picture. The big picture is that we're going to have a local meeting of rail travel aficionados. And that's Pete Bond's suggestion. I think it's called the Howard Cafe these days. Yeah, little cafe in Howard. And it's coming up on the 11th. That'll be a Saturday. We'll have a Saturday Saturday brunch there in, in Howard. And uh, Pete will try to make 
reservations for that brunch. So, so the idea being that if you want to come to the brunch, hang out with some of the other rail aficionados around here, nice. why let Pete know, let me know, but more important, we're going to try to let her know when people are opening their restaurant, they like to know who's going to be there. It's Saturday, March 11th. Saturday, March 11th. And Forrest, are we going to want to uh, roll this train down to Howard or are we going to drive? Uh, what do you want to do? That's a good question. What if we all carpooled from uh, on the uh, 11th? No, let's, let's take this train down there. All yeah. right. The rails are right there. They're right there. <laughs> That's they pulled, right. They pulled up right where the Howard Station was. Yeah. I think that's where the famous uh, donkey connection was made. By the way, I talked this week to uh, a donkey a trainer, a woman who trains and keeps track of burros. And she says that this story about the donkey down there could very well be true. Really? So that's important to remember. Yeah, the, the morning mail would come in on the on the train. They would put it in a panicker. What do they call it? A paneer? Saddlebag? A paneer. And they would uh, hook it on the, the mule. The mule had a friend who was up near where, I guess, where the uh, major road is today, and uh, let it go, and it would walk up there and deliver the mail that way. Now, she says she thinks likely that the owner walked along with the mule. She questions that they just let it go because she's had a lot of mules training experience over the years. She said, they're a funny animal. They might decide this has been fun, but I want to go visit somebody across <laughs> the river. So she thinks whoever tells the story of Trouble the Mule, well, it's not a great name, Trouble that this mule uh, would, in fact, deliver the Howard the Howard mail. So that's a historic place to, you know, have the Upper Arc Rail Riders group get together. And I'm going to try to advertise it on this show. I'm going to see if there's something we could work out with KHEN to maybe use it as a special announcement. I don't know. Yeah, I think we can mm -hmm. do that for us. The other thing that's been going on all week is uh, Colorail has sent out a, a, a newsletter and they want all of us sort of local groups like us to spend some time and talk about what they see as some major events coming up. And they're hoping that the little groups like the one we're having on the 11th will start talking about it before the spring meeting. The spring meeting is in May. It is, unless I'm wrong, I believe it's the first Saturday in May. Alan is probably sitting there saying, why did they put me on this, the air anyway? <laughs> I haven't had a chance to, to say anything. Forrest Whitman has been doing all the talking. I'm trying to and, make the relationship between the donkey story and the people who will be attending that meeting in Howard. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because it's both happening in Howard. <laughs> that's the relationship. It's well, a geographical. That uh, membership for Colorado uh, meeting is May 6th, and it's going to be in Inglewood at the uh -huh. Guild starting at 8 o'clock from 8 to noon. So, uh, And I think they are really looking for some input on the front-range rail plans that they are now forming and formulating. And I think they'll probably give us an update as to where they actually are. The newsletter had some information in it, but I expect they'll have more at the, at the May meeting. 8, 8 a.m. in Denver. That We'd have to leave here at 5 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> 
8 a.m. That's what it says. I think we probably can find out whether or not they're going to set up a Zoom for it. We may be able to attend virtually. What they're saying here, these meetings are very important. Perhaps some of the most important meetings that we'll ever be having around the Front Range rail plan. Well, Ellen, what, do you agree with that? Are these the most important meetings? I, I think so. They're, they're already starting to make plans. They're, they're just in the planning stage where they're actually putting together formal plans. And, and I think this, this is now the time where input, local input, is going to be most valuable before they start making decisions that everybody complains about, that they made the wrong decision, but uh, they, they need the input up front. Yeah, huh. we had Mr. Subi on here within the last couple months, and I think that he said that that was one of the things that they were doing right now, trying to reach out to affected groups and get their opinions and what they would like to see as a way to move forward. And this is probably one of many that he is doing up and down the front mm-hmm. range. Yeah, I agree. The The new newsletter had... I. They're much further along than I expected them to be, even though it's still going to take quite some time to complete the project. But they're a lot further along than I expected to be, especially on the core line from Pueblo to Fort Collins and getting those those plans into in the works. Forrest, you probably know the answer to this. Do you know that are they going to use existing rail lines or are they looking for new right-of-ways and new uh, rail lines to to work on this uh, Pueblo to Fort Collins route? Well, it sounds like a combination. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a combination. They've already applying for a grant to study the feasibility of using the old Burnham Yards in Denver, there by I-25, and it's between Colfax and 6th. Mm. So the old rail yards that are currently there, they want to be able to use them RTD, the light rail, also uses the east side of that yard for oh. its um, its light rail line. So it could tie into the RTD at that particular point. Pretty exciting, yeah. really. When, yeah. When you think about it. I don't think anybody ever thought it would be this fast. I am shocked they have gotten far. They even yeah. have a design team out to look at possible designs for how the system will be laid out and uh, where it's going to go. Well, they're even, they, they have even asked Pueblo to submit a more or less final plan. They have had two well-attended meetings mm-hmm. to talk about where they want the, the depot to be in Pueblo. I was disappointed that they didn't clue in RTD because Hank Martin, he, he would very much like to be sure that, that we have a connector bus. The connector bus currently lets you off in Pueblo, I want to say, at in noontime, which doesn't do anything. I mean, it's the wrong time for all of these, right. I think. Well, it's the wrong time for the Southwest Chief. Right. Assuming that Amtrak continues to run the Chief, despite their continual bitching about it. They're so, now talking about the original spur line for the Chief was to join from La Junta, follow parallel uh, US-50 up to Pueblo to connect with the Front Range Rail. They're now looking at the possibility of either an additional or an optional rail from Trinidad to Pueblo. Well, that would make a lot of sense. It, it would make a lot of sense. If they really decided to make a commitment to keeping the chief up and running, it would make a lot of sense. If you're westbound on the chief, you'd go to Pueblo and 
drop down to Trinidad to catch the westbound. If you're eastbound, you can go to Lamar and take the eastbound, take the, the chief to the eastbound. I see a real value of, of this train being able to get all the way down to the uh, Trinidad for the connection to the Southwest Chief going yeah. either, either direction. Either direction, yeah. Heck, we might go to Denver and get on that thing and go down to Trinidad that way. Yeah, it's exciting to see how, how this is moving along. And, you know, they did receive some <laughs> stimulus money and uh, money helps. Yep, yep. And uh, they're trying to get it going, keep it moving. Well, they got, they got $12 million of stimulus money to automatically just to upgrade infrastructure oh. on the chief. Oh. And uh, Front Range itself has put together a, a, another $2 million, almost $2 million to fund itself. And, it, and the study is going forward. And if they get the, the Creasy grant, that'll, that's another... I don't know exactly what they're asking for, but that that there again, that'll be more money coming in to, to boost the project. And why don't you, uh, for our listeners, Alan, why don't you expand on that Creasy grant? I, I have, that's first I've heard that. It, it, it's a consolidated rail and infrastructure and safety improvement grant. The federal government grant. <laughs> yeah, I had to, I'd look that up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Alan, you're good. It's a federal grant that is designed to support infrastructure and not necessarily rail. It's other infrastructure, transportation infrastructure as well. Mm -hmm. But since the rail is planning to parallel the I-25 corridor, there's a pretty much a, a decent connection there between the two. But the, Denver, the city of Denver is the one who's applying the grant to talk about the feasibility of using the existing rail yards. And of course, there are all sorts of things they'll have to deal with about how the freight comes through, who gets the first dibs on the track, and all this kind of stuff. Sure. To, to see what they can plan and which rails, how much of the rail yard is usable, can it be subdivided, you know, the whole thing. So it's going to take a feasibility study in addition to environmental studies and all the, the other things that are going to be involved there. So rather than have the city of Denver foot the bill, if they could get the grant. Uh, that would make life a lot easier. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to wrap my arms around what that might stand for, but no, he, he just said, repeat that. Of, of Consolidated Alan. rail infrastructure and safety improvement. Oh, all right. Good for you, Alan. Maybe when our little group meets down in Howard, we can have a whiteboard with all these, with all these acronyms mm -hmm. written on them. Well, well, well. Now, Thursday night, is a board meeting for Colorado Rail, which I am going to try to get on. You know, you're not supposed to say anything. You just listen. Did you get a, a notice on that, Alan? Yes, I did. Well, we, then we can report back on, to, on this show. Because let's face it, this this show is for aficionados. It's for people who really like trains, like to... Well, the front range is not, okay. it's not really about rail aficionado. It's actually a an adjunct to the current transportation issue. And how many how many times are they gonna to have to widen I-25 to keep putting cars on it? So this this would definitely take the pressure off the I-25 corridor, uh, for one thing. It's much more efficient than creating new bus lines because a train can carry a lot more people than a, than a bus can. And a train is less prone to the weather than, than automobile road traffic is. 
So it seems like it's not just about being able to ride the train again. It's actually about being able to move people as, as rapidly and as efficiently through the state as they possibly can. It also puts Colorado in a good position for transportation. It makes us a bigger transportation hub to add the passenger rail uh, in addition to the, the freight rail that's currently there. Um, yeah, I, I think it might be a good time to bring in a little thank you to our producer of this show, Leslie Matthews. So, you know, you guys can go around, but she has the full ability to edit any of this stuff out. <laughs> Thanks, Leslie. Thanks, Leslie, Leslie, we thank you for your time. You have been instrumental in this show for nearly five years, maybe five years yeah, now. And about five years, I think, yeah. Leslie Matthews, the uh, producer of the On the rails with Forrest Whitman. Well, uh, there are several topics we haven't gotten to. Uh, we haven't gotten to the winter uh, newsletter from Colorail about what we learned there. We haven't gotten to uh, who we think might listen in on Thursday evening. I'm promoting the idea on the 11th why meeting at my house here at uh, I Street in Salida and then driving down to the Howard Cafe for a brunch. Listeners who are listening at khen.org, we are a community-based radio station run by all volunteers, and we are always reaching out to our listeners for your support. We have a very reasonable yearly membership. You can become a member of KHEN for $35 for a year, and it's a steal can enjoy the uh, shows of On the Rails, and I have a couple shows I do with Kahan. That's the way we suggest you listen, and there is a donate button where you listen. Consider it. We'd love to have you. All right. Hey, let's let's whistle off with a little, with a, with a, with a highball. We're going to say a highball, and then we're going to be back right back here. Well, for your listeners, we'll be back here in a week. All right. Okay, counting back down. 10, 9, 8, 7. Highball. 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 Thank you, Alan. Highball. Sure. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Alan.